Hey, podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And we are both the moms of adolescent boys. As we near the end of 2021, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. It means holiday parties and celebrations and times to look back on things we've accomplished, things we may not have accomplished this year. And also here in North Texas with our kids, our boys, it means report cards are coming home. (laughs) That's right. The end of the semester. Oh, Tara, let's talk a little bit about report cards and grades. Okay. How this semester has been for you and your son as he's wrapping up elementary school. He is. We're in fifth grade on the halfway through almost. Okay. And then for my son, Roman, he's in seventh grade. And I will tell you, this has been the most challenging year for him. And because of that, for me, with grades. (laughs) An extension of. Extension of. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about this a little bit. Like, what do grades represent to you and tell me kind of like what your expectations are for Mm. Gage and his grades? That's a changing journey. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, I as a kid, grades were the most important. Like grades were one of the ways I felt validated and seen and accomplished and kind of judged my own worthiness, like A's were the only thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. Anything less was not okay. So grades for me have always been sort of ingrained that way. And so when he started school, I could tell I was putting that on him, like I could feel it. And of course, the first couple of years is kindergarten, first grade, whatever. But now we're getting into like, you know, third grade is when they started getting grades. Mm -hmm. And and he and I have struggled and had some issues back and forth. Um, I am I am changing a lot in this area. And I'm grateful because my partner's not like that. My partner's actually much more about like, as long as he's not getting in trouble and he's being nice, I'm good. So we've had a really good balance on that. And I'm slowly making my way to the middle on it. Yeah. And, you know, and it's we I love having these conversations with you because as different as our upbringings were in a lot of ways, they also were similar. Like the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, like you, grades for me and to my mother were a symbol, a way of like showing success. Right. And we always were taught that the way out of poverty Mm. was through education. My mother is an educator. And to say that my mother valued grades would not be appropriately um, putting the right strength on the word value. (laughs) Right. I get it. You know, um, I've met your mother. That that tracks. That, that feels right. <laughs> feels right, right? Like, so grades for me were not just, um, I wasn't expected to do well. Yeah. I was demanded to do well One, in school. Yes. Yeah, it was like, there was no, it was like, I wasn't bringing home Bs. Right. Right. That's right. Very t- few times, like if I got an A minus, like, well, why didn't you get an A? Yes. You know, and I will say this, I think for me, I was in high academic or high achieving in- environments. So yes. that was also the thing. So people around me also did well and wanted to do well. And so I liked school. I've always been kind of like a nerd, right? Yeah. And I didn't want to get my my butt beat by my mama. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I'm in school right now. So we know this is my <laughs> thing. I mean, I'm. it's... It's definitely, I guess for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me, it felt like school was like my safe place, right? Yeah. School was like where I felt safe and solid and I wanted to do well. Right. Yeah. And I thrived academically. Yes. And again, like you, went on and got 
after a high school diploma, got a college degree, advanced degrees, yeah. got a whole bunch of adult certifications. I love studying. I love school. I love that journey. And that's not my son's experience. Same. Same. L- like there was nothing that I enjoyed more than just disappearing into books yes. and novels and reading. And my kid, if I ask him to read for 30 <laughs> minutes a night, you would think that I was making this kid go out in the streets and like battle <laughs> demons in the depths of hell. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm like, buddy, just pick up a book and read it. Yeah. And it's just not so. It's not for him. He's not intrinsically motivated to do well in school. He doesn't have a desire to get good grades. And so I've struggled with that. And I'm Mm. like, well, why is it so important? And what does that mean? And and is that what success really is and should be? I think that's where we're getting. Because what I also know is that when you and I were growing up, the path to success, there was only one, right? Mm -hmm. It was that you graduate high school and do really well. You go to a really good college, you get a degree, you go into a certain kind of job that pays a certain kind of money. And that is success. Like that's what we saw. Yep. And what I know now, and it's, it's hard for me. It makes me feel old, like a, like I'm stuck in my ways, but I see it. That's not true. There are, a hundred ways to be quote unquote successful. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to wrap my mind around it sometimes that, that you're, because then you start to question your whole life. Right. <laughs> you're like, wait, I did all these things because I was supposed to. And you're telling me <laughs> it could have been totally different. There's, and there's another way. <laughs> That's like, right. <laughs> it was for, for me, again, it was never a question of Kanji, are you going to college? It was always, Kanji, which college are you going to? <laughs> See, and mine was different because I was the first in my nuclear family. Mm-hmm. So for me, what it was is the only way to get out of this thing you're in is to get way out of mm-hmm. it. So that was it, the story was a little different for me, okay. but similar trying to get to a place that they said this is success and that's what I'm trying to get. Right. And there yeah. was only that one path yeah. to get there. And so now I have this seventh grader. He's a good student. Mm-hmm. He's a great kid. Oh, he, he yes. respects authority. You know, he he's very focused on on justice and, and being treated fairly. And he's very well mannered, very lazy <laughs> and is growing up where he's like, well, I'm just going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a content creator. I don't want to necessarily go to college. And as I sit here clutching my pearls <laughs> and crying into my pillow, like, how could he not want to go to Georgetown like me? Like, yeah. he needs to be a Hoya, right? Like, yeah. my best friends are from college. I'm like, that may not be his path. Yep. And how do I get to be okay with that? Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I'm a little closer than you are. So Gage is a good student, super smart, very smart, very talented artistically, very articulate, very charismatic, super good kid, helpful, you know, so sweet, very intuitive to what other people need. I love this kid. He's a great kid. And he does just fine in school, right? Again, a little lazier than I would like. <laughs> I mean, this is, most of our conversations are around like, if you would just do the work, you do fine. Mm-hmm. But you, sometimes you just won't do the work, right? And his, currently, his <laughs> currently his ambition is to be a blacksmith. He has said that for three or four years. Wow. And we're like, 
Okay. I mean, and honestly, Jason and I decided very early on we weren't going to push the college agenda because I know that was pushed on me and I wasn't successful on my first try. I had to like back up and I ended up graduating later in life, as we've discussed. So we didn't want to push that agenda and make it a thing that he then burned out on, which is what happened to me. So we've never pushed it that that had to be what he has to do. We've always kind of said, as far as college is concerned, you can be successful a lot of different ways. Um, and we we kind of love that he's got this blacksmith thing happening. Yeah. I mean, we're like, okay, like do that then. It's, it's wild. You know, and does that necessarily mean he has to get good grades to go down that route? I, I, where I'm coming to in the middle is less about what the actual grade is and more about the effort. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I know he's smart and I know he can do the work. So when I see him flailing a little bit in that area, I, I know it's almost always because he's just not doing it. Like we talked about this. Right. He, he got his progress report this week. And, um, when the first, when this, set of when this set of reporting started he was failing one of his classes and i was checking his grades and i was talking to him about it and it was because he just didn't turn in an assignment and so i've just been talking to him these last few weeks like not being punitive about the grades but just encouraging him like i know you can do better than this Mm -hmm. i know that you if you just turn in your work you're going to do just fine i'm not going to ask you to get an a on everything but i'm going to ask you to do the work and that seems to be working. He's brought his grades up. I'm super proud of him. And he was super excited for himself. So I hope I'm doing that right. I'm trying to make it not about being punitive for bad grades, but more about just like, hey, you need to try hard at whatever it is you're doing. Just do your best. That's mm-hmm. all I'm asking. And I think he gets that. Just put forth your best effort. That's right. And that's put in that, the work. Right. And I guess the bigger question we need to have is, whether or not our American educational system is failing our kids. Agreed. Right? Because I look at some of the classes my son is taking in seventh grade and the way that the teachers are kind of teaching the students. And even I'm saying things like, this really may not be the best thing to be teaching this child to be to set him up for success as yes. an adult. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we're still teaching our kids the same things, like diagramming a sentence mm-hmm. that, I was taught 20 or 30 years ago and I'm like, there are things that are relevant and ways and things I think that we should be teaching them and they should be measured on that isn't this traditional curriculum. And again, we know that this curriculum is set up in a way that kind of has been doing things the way that we've been doing things and learning things Mm. for the last 100 or 150 years. And that's not how we are in this tech age, right? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And and I will share. So the one class that he is struggling the most with is Texas history. (laughs) (laughs) Are they still teaching Texas history? So so here. So you're not from Texas. I'm not from Texas. I'm from California. But you did California history? Did y'all do state history? We did state history, yes. And my husband's from New York. And so, first of all, I'm like, I can't help you, bro. <laughs> I don't know any of these I, things. I don't know. I'll anything. tutor him. I don't know. So he's learning Texas history and the things that they're teaching in this particular Texas history class. I'm also not going to be upset if he doesn't get a good grade. Let me give you this example. Okay. So, you know, I guess they're talking about like Texas history in the 1500s and explorers and things like that and how the explorers came over from Europe. And I was reading some of the source material and I remember a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of the semester. And in this Texas history class, the source material is talking about how this explorer, Cabeza de la Vaca, Mm -hmm. um, befriended the Indians. Mm. And I'm reading this 
and my kid is trying to do an article or paper on it. And I said, hey, Roman, you know, we refer to the natives as Native Americans, not Indians. Well, my teacher calls them Indians and this source material calls them Indians. And I said, well, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> when you were writing this essay, you were going to refer to them as Native Americans. And my kid started getting stressed. He's like, well, it's going to get wrong. And my teacher's going to mark my grade down because I didn't call them Indians. And this says Indians. And we're supposed to cite to the source material. And I said, listen, you're going to refer to them as Native Americans because it's the right thing to do. Mm. When this source was written 30 or 40 years ago, people were called Indians. But language evolves. Respect evolves. Cultures evolve. I was like, and now we know better now. Yep. And so we do better. And we are willing to grow and pivot and change and expand our understanding. So you're going to do the right thing. But the stress that this assignment brought to my child and thinking he was going to get a bad grade and disappoint me and himself and his teacher it started another conversation, right? Like yeah. these kids are so stressed about things that are going on in the classroom. Yes. Um, to an extent that I think like I didn't I didn't ever have that, right? I didn't experience that. Uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting conversation. And I've had it with a few people and I've read some studies recently about this generation and how high strung they are mm -hmm. about their success in the classroom. And I was listening to a podcast the other day about a similar topic and he's 17 now, but when he said he was 13, he was so worried about his grades because that's when they were officially going on a transcript. And he was just convinced that if he had anything less than an A on that transcript. So starting at 13, he was like killing himself and I, I don't remember feeling that stressed. You know what I mean? I felt like I would definitely wanted to do well, but I wasn't like super worried about that. So I think it is a strange conundrum we're in with this generation where they are very high strung about their grades and um, how, they, how they're doing their work and getting it exactly right. It's very odd. And I just... I'm curious sometimes, I don't know if I've figured it out, but I am curious about what that shift has been. There's also been a shift, I think, in the way that we account for grades and recognition. Like growing up, we had um, ranking systems, right? Yeah. We had a valedictorian yeah. and a salutatorian. Everyone kind of knew their place in the class. That's right. And you just knew your place in the class, mm -hmm. like, like in high school and also in college. There's been a shift in the last several years. It's like, well, we're not going to rank people because we don't want these kids to feel a certain kind of way. Oh, you know, yeah. like their schools is like, well, we don't do valedictorians and salutatorians anymore. Um, in my son's school, they 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 do makeup assignments. So like if they don't do well on the first. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Test, I've seen that, too. I've seen that, too. Yeah, they get to do it again. And, yeah. And I'm like, this is also not a true indicator of success. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because what it's doing is it's setting you up this false proposition and this false narrative that if you make a mistake or you don't give 100% of your best, you can do it again. Yeah, do-overs. Yeah. Do and that's not what life is all about. That's not, that's not absolutely true. You know, so a lot of the kids in his school and in our school district kind of take it, not, I'm not going to say take advantage, but utilize that yeah. to get these good grades. And I said, well, I would be curious to know like what the grading system is. First effort. Like if you just did not give any of these kids a chance yeah, to do, what it do would overs. Look like. Yeah. Yeah. And then what is it that we're teaching them that it's the grade that's important? Because we're not teaching them how to study. Mm -hmm. We're not really teaching them how to problem solve. We are teaching to the standardized assessments and we're teaching to kind of like the common understanding of these school boards or what 
the school state assessments are saying these kids should be taught and they should learn. Mm. And a lot of times technology and society is so far ahead yes. of where we are. So by the time we catch up, we're like four or five years behind. Yes. I mean, that's a conversation we've been having for so long. I mean, the actual knowledge of how to do four plus five is so different than teaching kids how to think through that problem. You know, the critical thinking you need to go like, okay, I can solve this a couple of different ways. What makes the most sense to me? I mean, I know I personally push that agenda at home with Gage. You know, we really talk about like, okay, that didn't work. Like, what could we have done different? You know, we try to talk through problem solving and critical thinking as opposed to, I mean, four plus five is nine. You can get, you can memorize that all day. Or you can just go to your calculator. <laughs> you just go, I mean, cause you're going to have one in your pocket. <laughs> they said when we were kids, you're not always going to have a calculator. Uh, jokes on them. They were wrong. <laughs> we have got them all the time. <laughs> it's true. So I, you know, I agree with you and I, I see shifts happening and I know there are movements out there and, different educational tracks out there that you can find for your kids outside of public school that are more geared to those kind of ideals. The problem for me is that's also a lot of work for parents to figure that out and navigate those waters. And so we've just been like, for now, we're just going to roll through public school and see how things change as he gets older, especially because I think in elementary school, it's not as, you know, I feel like as they get older and they, you kind of learn who your kid is, maybe you have a better idea of what the best way for them to learn is. But it's just a lot of work to put on to, for me personally, I'm not going to say to put on anybody else, but for me, anytime I think about like, should we look at a charter school or should we look at some sort of co-op situation? I know those things are successful, but I just have a lot on my plate. That's a lot to manage. It's easier to just take him to the school he's assigned to and drop him off, you know? Yeah. A you know, and, and again, we're looking at Grades are um, an indicator of like what a child's success is compared to his or her or their peers as they get ready to go into high school and then they go into college. But if that's not the path our kids are going to go down, yeah. um, then ultimately, does it even really matter? Yeah. And I look at right now some of the stresses I have in, in my life and also in my marriage, and a lot of it is on my kids' grades and him not getting the type of grade that I want him to get. Right. Right. And even with, you know, with my mother, his grandmother getting yes. upset, the challenges, because it's, you know, it's a battle to get this kid to sit down and focus and do his homework. And I don't want that to be a battle between grandma and, and grandson, because I saw what it did to me and my mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I want her to enjoy time with him, not to be like, well, Roman, did you do your homework or what are your grades? Yeah. Because it's not going to be a measure of, of who he is or how successful he's going to be as an adult. Agreed. It just gives him the ability to make certain choices and decisions um, for what college is going to be. Yeah. But even then, think about it. Like, how could we at 17 even put ourselves in a situation to know who we were going to be here in our 40s. Oh, gosh. I didn't know. No. I made a couple of wrong moves on that front. Just a couple? Just a couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, we have to consider when we're getting into those battles, not only is it important to re recognize that grades are not the end-all, be-all indicator of who our kids are going to be or what kind of person they are, but it also forces me to sort of look inside about my old ideas and pushing this agenda on him because again, I might be 
looking at him as a reflection of me. And I don't know that that's true. We've had this conversation. I have to treat him as his own individual and not a extension that people are judging me for. You know what I mean? It's hard. Absolutely. It's hard. Absolutely. And to realize that his path and his journey may already be predestined and it may not be what I have in, pl- in place for him yeah. or planned for him. Nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> you know, and I and, and um, recently I had a conversation with uh, my, my college roommate from Georgetown and she's like, why did you pick Georgetown? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, like when I was thinking back to high school when I was 16, the things that I really enjoyed and the things I was really good at, like I was a good student. I was a, I was a good student. Yeah. I did very well academically. What I really enjoyed was theater arts and drama and speaking and presentations. And then I went to college to get a degree in international relations. <laughs> like had nothing to do with my passions yeah. or things I enjoyed. And it's like, and then I went to law school. Um, all things that I think made my mom very happy and things that made me happy because it made her happy and right. my family happy. Yeah. And my granddaddy could could brag that he had a lawyer in mm-hmm. the family. His granddaughter was a lawyer and, and you know that made me happy. But did my career as a lawyer make me happy? Absolutely not. Yeah. I did it for 18 years and did not enjoy it. And we had a conversation a few episodes ago with a uh, Whitney Coleman who was like a savvy working mom. Whitney Hawthorne. Whitney Hawthorne. Who's Whitney Coleman? I don't know. We got to Google that. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's somebody Wait, just popped in your mind. Is Whitney close, though? <laughs> I wonder if Whitney Coleman was like an actor on some reality show. Oh, maybe. It sounds familiar. It does. does. But we talked to Whitney Hawthorne. Okay. <laughs> Whitney Coleman, if you out there, you can call me. I'm going to talk to you, too. Um, we talked to Whitney Hawthorne. Thank you for correcting yeah. me. And talked about like the one of the first things we need to do is get clarity. Yes. And and as moms, it's something that I think comes to us and sometimes maybe a little bit later in life. But I'm curious and I wonder what would happen if I stepped back as a mom and let my kid kind of start to find and seek clarity for what it is that sparks joy in him as he's about to turn 13 years old. I think that sounds, I mean, that sounds incredible. I mean, I just think about if we could all take a moment to do that with our kids I mean, this just this next generation would be unstoppable. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, before we, we wrap up talking about grades, we talk about our education system, the things that I I wish we had been taught in school and uh-huh. weren't. And also things that I wish my kid was being taught. Again, he's learning Texas history, which I'm sure may be important and relevant at some point, possibly. <laughs> but also things that he could Google, right? 100%. Doesn't need an hour a day for nine months to kind of Agreed. learn about why Texas <laughs> is the way it is. Um, I would love it if he were taking this time to learn like computer programming skills, yeah. how to code. I would love it if they were taking this time to teach them how to budget, um, you know, how to um, like information about Inflation. Right. Economics. Life skills. Life skills. Actual real life uh, politics. What's happening. How to, what it means to register to vote. What mm-hmm. that process looks like. I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot that they don't teach in school um, that I wish that they did. Um, so what is the one subject that you weren't taught in school that you wish you had been taught? Oh, um, that's a great question. You know, I had a, sixth grade teacher who taught us how to do our taxes 
And I remember thinking later on in life how valuable that was because I don't know that I would have even known that I was supposed to file taxes. Mm -hmm. And then I started working at 16 and I was like, oh, I made money. I have to file taxes. And I don't think I would have known that. Wow. Um, So I was very proud. But I never really got any great instruction on financial literacy, like writing checks, balancing your checkbook, budgeting. I didn't get any of that. I had to kind of teach myself that 100% agree with you by learning the wrong wrong way things first. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Let me listen. My 30s Mm. were largely spent cleaning up my financial messes from my 20s. Yeah, I had no understanding of financial literacy. And that is definitely something that I wish that not only I'm I'm able to pass on to to my son, but also that they, they were reinforced in school, right? Yes. Because I still, I'm, there are things I don't know because I'm just figuring it out as I go along, right? I'm yes. still Googling and learning and educating myself about financial systems and which is weird because for many years I worked at a financial institution. I was going to say, weren't you in banking for a while? That's sure okay. Was. That's okay. <laughs> Nine years I was an attorney for a bank. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Self reflection. We all been- are learning as we go. There are no bad paths. It's just your path. There, it is just your path, and mm. it's just our kids' path. And and shall we also be mindful of the fact that it is their path mm. and not ours? Oh my gosh, yes. And I think that once. I'm able to kind of remind myself of that and reflect on that. It will make it easier for us with these like homework and grade battles. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we get ready to like look and see like what these grades mean, understand that they have been experiencing a lot. Yes. This year and the last two years have been a lot for these children. Yes. Um, and putting it in context when looking at like what these grades really mean. Yeah, I think this last two years is going to do a couple of things, uh, some that I think will be great, which is it gave us a chance to show that resilience and showing up when it's almost impossible is just as important as um, what the actual grade is. At the end of the day, we know for a fact that people are coining the term learning losses and, you know, oh, what are we going to do? These kids lost two years of learning. And I disagree. I just completely disagree with that. I think that kids really stepped up and learned a lot in these last two years. And I hope that we find a way to spin that narrative and talk about, you know, okay, based on your sliding scale of where they should be, are they behind maybe in one subject or two? Okay. Does that matter? They're way ahead in life. They've seen more in their lifetime than we saw in ours just through a pandemic and what's been going on the last four or five years. Yeah. And give these kids an A for resilience. Yes. And give some of these kids, maybe not my own, <laughs> an A for um, for time management, right? Yes. And for, for, for understanding that this aspect and this season of their lives is not going to necessarily even matter when it comes to the grades. And I, right. and I don't tell my kid this, but I was like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares it's about what true. you get on your seventh grade report. <laughs> my husband, even now when I'm finished in school, he's like, uh, they don't put your grades on your diploma. It yeah. don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, and what matters is how you treat others. Yes. What matters is how you treat yourself. What yes. matters is how you treat me and dad. What matters is your problem solving, yes. your critical thinking skills, your ability to make friends and be a good friend to people. Mm. Um, and then like I say, say to myself sometimes what matters to you Kanji 
is how you treat others. What matters is how you are parenting this child through this season of his life. And so I'm going to say this. If I give out grades, Tara, I give you an A plus for everything. <laughs> I give you an A plus plus. Uh, oh, look at that. I'm going to be the valedictorian. <laughs> Don't listen. I do we, need to say just real quick before we sign off, because again, it's very important to me that I was salutatorian in my high school. <laughs> and now we see why it matters. I listen, I'm a work in progress, guys. Okay. I still have things that are important to me. <laughs> that is so true. We are all works in progress and we just take that with us every step of the way. It's just each day is a chance for us to be a little better. And there are no grades that are given out for anything that we're doing because we're kind of like learning on a curve. That's right. And we're kind of learning in real time. So if you are listening, podcast family, just know that Tara and I give you an A plus for effort. And that is enough. That is more than enough. And you are more than enough. With that being said, we're going to sign off this week. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Please guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Take good care, podcast family. In five, four, three. Hold on. Wait, wait one second. One second. I was thinking. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I was. No, 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 no. You I don't wanted, have a shelf life. I No, no, no. I wanted to talk about just one quick way we could maybe start it, which okay. is how the pandemic created such anxiety for learning losses mm-hmm. and and uh, why this is a, an even better time to talk about how grades just aren't that as important, that the well-being of our kids are more important. I love that. I just thought um, about it after the fact and we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Okay. In five, four, three, two.